The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Seeds of Wellbeing series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the University of Hawaii College of Tropical Agriculture and Human Resources, or funders, and any affiliated organizations involved in this project. Welcome to a Seeds of Wellbeing Voices from the Field podcast featuring voices of Hawaii agriculture producers for Hawaii agriculture producers. These podcasts are made possible by a grant from the University of Hawaii College of Tropical Agriculture and Human Resources, also known as CTAR, and the Seeds of Wellbeing, or SO project, and is supported by a grant from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, National Institute of Food and Agriculture, and the Hawaii Department of Agriculture. The intention of these podcast series is to create a safe space for respectful and inclusive dialogue with people from across a broad and diverse spectrum involved in growing and making accessible the food we share together. A diversity of voices, perspectives, and experiences can serve to deepen mutual understanding, to spark creative problem solving, and provide insight into the complexities of our agricultural system. If you, or listeners, have experiences with Hawaii agriculture ecosystem, from indigenous methods, permaculture, smallholder farmers, to large, including multinational agricultural industrial companies, and everywhere in between, and you would like to share your story, please contact us. We welcome your voices and perspectives. Welcome to another episode of the Seeds of Wellbeing podcast. Today, I'm delighted to introduce you to Charlie Jordan, who is an Army veteran farmer in the state of Tennessee. Welcome, Charlie, to our podcast, and thank you for willing, your willingness to share your stories. Well, thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Charlie. Can, can we start off with just um, having you describe a little bit about your experience um, as a veteran and what prompted you to get into farming? Okay, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> I always tell everybody it's kind of a long story, but um, I, uh, I grew up military. Uh, I've never known life without a uh, green ID card. So uh, my life's uh, was uh, started out in Gulf Breeze, Florida, Pensacola Beach. So I was a surfer and skateboarder kid. And uh, one uh, real early time frame in the uh, 1980s, my grandfather, uh, he was a recruiter in the Army. And we had the opportunity to go to Sioux Falls, South Dakota from uh, Florida. So it was kind of a shock. I was about 10 or 11 years old. And, uh, but when I got there, um, I was, that was my first initial exposure to agriculture. Uh, I know I, I was very young. I spent only about two years there, 10 to about 12 years old, and, but it made a, a, an impression on me that never left me. Um, and the reason why is that I have lots of friends there uh, when I was going to school that were all uh, farm kids. Um, and I was, I was a city kid. Uh, you know, I lived on a little, you know, peninsula in, in uh, Florida, and then I was, a, you know, a city kid living in Sioux Falls, and they brought me out to their farms, and it just absolutely changed me. I could not get enough of it. They, my grandparents who, you know, I was living with, they could not get me to go home. Uh, I wanted to live with my friends out on the farm, uh, so I got to experience row cropping. Uh, I got to experience, uh, one of my friends had a hog farm. I remember a cattle operation, and 
And uh, all those things were so vividly just ingrained into my head that I never forgot them. So fast forward, I joined the army in uh, 1989. Uh, we had moved back to Florida and I finished up high school there and in, in, uh, in Florida. And I uh, decided that I didn't think my uh, uh, surfing career was going <laughs> to amount to much. And uh, my, uh, my options were to either with my uh, current where I was living with my grandparents was to either become a priest or uh, join the army uh, like my grandfather. So I said, well, I think I'm going to join the army. Uh, so I decided to join the army in 1989 and I, it was one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, and I'm so glad I did. Um, I spent about half my career in different uh, army jobs uh, and different duty stations, including uh, Germany, uh, where I actually got to volunteer doing some uh, farming and agriculture, actually in Germany when I was stationed there in the mid nineties. Uh, and then uh, also uh, when I, after a flight school, uh, I got to go to Korea and I got to experience some uh, Korean agriculture and I got to work in some rice fields. I got to work with some Wagyu cattle, um, you know, operations there. So it was, it was a very, it was a culture shock, of course. Um, but it was all that knowledge. It was more agricultural knowledge that I was gaining. Uh, and uh, so my time uh, came back to the States from Korea and I decided I wanted to be a special operations aviator. And I got to be chosen to go to the 160th Special Operations Aviation Regiment um, here in the States. And uh, I stayed there for about uh, 14 years. My rest of my career, I retired out of there in uh, 2017 as a Chief Warrant Officer 4. Uh, and I was an operations officer plus a uh, thing we'll call flight lead, mission leader uh, in the uh, regiment. Uh, so, but the whole time um, I, I was already doing agriculture and this all started in 2001, this, this path I'm on now. I had a chance to come back to Fort Campbell um, and I was like, you know, I want to have a little farm. So I decided I would look uh, on a mid-tour uh, visit from Korea, I, I came back to Fort Campbell, Kentucky area, and I looked at uh, over 30 houses in two days. <laughs> and, uh, and the last house I looked at is the one that I'm in right now. Uh, and it was a little five-acre plot with a little itty-bitty house and a little tiny garage. Uh, and I was married at the time, and I was like, you know what? I think this is how I'm going to start my farm life. Uh, so, you know, I, I started about, I got back to the States in August, 2001 and then September 11th happened and, uh, lots of things changed for me. So, uh, my life of deployments, uh, started, um, in, uh, 2002 and, uh, they didn't stop until, uh, 2015 was my last deployment. Um, and, uh, I enjoyed every one of them. They were great. Uh, but I like being at States better. And uh, I was a uh, whole time working on my agricultural operation. So I started out with horses first in the early 2000s. Um, and that was due to my uh, stepdaughter at the time being in a junior in high school rodeo here for the state of Tennessee. And uh, then uh, the desire to have horses and uh, the farm stuff kind of switched uh, for her. And she wanted more boys and uh, cars. So uh, that, uh, that kind of went away. And I was stuck with the horses and I was stuck with the cows that we had because she used to do team roping. Uh, so I decided, well, I don't really want, you know, to keep the cows around because I know they're going to get big and giant. and I really don't have the room. So I went ahead and processed them. And I took the meat in a freezer to my local, uh, my unit, uh, and uh, I, I sold it all to my buddies. And I emptied the freezer in probably about 30 minutes. 
it. And, uh, and I was like, oh, well, I really didn't make a lot of money. So I quickly learned, uh, and I like to call them self-critiquey moments, that uh, I didn't really charge enough for the beef that I was selling. So there was lesson number one about price pointing, <laughs> how much I'm supposed to uh, price my uh, product. So there started the real learning about uh, agriculture. And, and that at that moment, I thought, hey, I'm kind of on to something here. So my first agricultural real endeavor was with Texas Longhorns and uh, Hereford cattle. Um, I wanted a type of beef that was very low uh, in fat, very lean meat, very healthy meat. My niche market was the healthy community of Fort Campbell and the surrounding area of Clarksville, Tennessee, Montgomery County. Uh, and so that was my niche. And I sold uh, a lot of beef. And uh, But then I decided as I was getting close to retirement in 20, about 2015, I decided I wanted to uh, try something different. Uh, I wanted to try horticulture. Uh, and my first dive into horticulture was working with tomatoes. And uh, I failed miserably. Uh, I tried uh, a tomato called a mortgage lifter. Uh, it was supposed to be such a great tomato. And uh, because of the name mortgage lifter, it would, you know, it would, uh, it would make a lot of money, you know, sell a lot of them. And uh, I quickly learned uh, that uh, after having over 240 tomato plants, um, the count was four that I had that actually survived uh, after two months. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh wait, I, I didn't get any fruit <laughs> at all. <laughs> Uh, so uh, that was a lesson real quick that I learned, but I really, the one thing I did learn and the, the biggest lesson was I companion planted for my tomatoes uh, and I planted zinnias, uh, I planted some ageratum, I planted sunflowers, uh, marigolds, uh, African uh, marigolds, which are very large. Uh, and all of those survived, uh, but none of my tomatoes lived. And I was like, well, maybe I'm on the flowers now. Um, so I decided to go to the Master Gardener course, uh, which was put on by the University of Tennessee Extension Service here in Clarksville, Tennessee. So I learned a very, a more deeper level of being a gardener and uh, paying more attention to the soil, uh, which I didn't do on my first go around. Um, so I, I decided I'd sell the cattle farm and I sold my entire cattle operation equipment and all to another uh, Marine veteran here locally because uh, he really wanted to continue it on and uh, they're doing fantastic. And, uh, and my life has taken me now to floriculture. And uh, the picture behind me was actually taken uh, this morning wow. uh, with my drone. Um, and that's about uh, three quarters of the operation. There's actually more that's in my front pasture. And, uh, and there's more in, in the wood line uh, towards the end of my sunflowers, which are right there, <laughs> a wood line right there. There's actually a mushroom, man-made mushroom cave in there. It's about uh, 70 feet, 75 foot long. And it houses over 200 logs of shiitake and all natural mushrooms. Um, and uh, of course, I have my hoop house, which you can see, which is gained through a program through the NRCS, which is part of the USDA. Um, wow. And that big old giant field of flowers there, double fields are... Uh, over 7,000 stems of flowers this year. Um, and I uh, have uh, every about 35 different varieties, uh, about uh, seven uh, different varieties of sunflowers are planted in over 16 different sunflower strips. They're over a hundred foot long and six foot wide. And I have a, a wildflower bed that I house just about little everything I kind of throw in there just to see what'll grow. 
my hoop house is my season extender. Um, I've only had it for two years now. It's also my own little personal research facility. I, I grow things in there that I want to try for the next year. Uh, my main um, uh, thing I'm growing in there now is Lysianthus. Um, it's a type of real pretty kind of rosy looking uh, flower and I'm trying different varieties of that and also delphinium which doesn't do really good in our cremate type summers that we have here um, but uh, I'm giving it a shot and uh, we'll see what we have and next year uh, I might do more of them but uh, but everything is is changed um, from uh, I went from only having three little tiny strips of, uh, of flowers um, and, and you know selling at the farmer's market and uh, my first trial was three years ago, and uh, I brought a couple buckets of flowers to our farmer's market here in Clarksville downtown market. And, uh, and I sold those buckets really quick. And I was like, well, this is kind of cool. <laughs> so those uh, so those three beds uh, expanded to eight beds uh, last year. Um, and they're in the same place, which is right where my big old head is. And there was uh, eight beds there. Uh, and of course, we have ex I've expanded this year to kind of kind of nuttiness, but uh, I have a lot of flowers now um, and uh, I have no worries about having enough flowers to last me through the market season, which will go all the way through October. I'll probably have more into October until our first freeze. Uh, I'm also a brand new beekeeper this year. I went through a course through Michigan State University called Heroes to Hives. Um, it's for veterans. It is completely 100 percent free. Um, you can look it up, Heroes to Hives, and uh, um, we had a huge class last year. It was ma a massive class in uh, 2021, uh, and it's a nine-month course, uh, and you get all access to all the material once you graduate, um, and so I'm a first-time beekeeper. I have two hives right now. One's uh, kind of finicky, and the other one is, is, is hooking and jabbing, you know, making the honey for the money, so I absolutely love it, so yeah. Um, oh, Charlie. So Yes. From what I'm hearing, it's it's amazing. Um, you have transversed very different areas of the whole spectrum from cows to tomatoes <laughs> to flowers to bees, now mushrooms. So um, yes. can I ask you, reflect on, because part of what we're trying to explore is what's the nature of well-being and how are some of the resources and coping skills that you have could help navigate some of the stressors? Because you said your tomatoes failed, but you were, it's like yes. no problem. You transition to something else. So what keeps you going to take on different challenges and to explore different possibilities? Um, well, when I, when I transitioned out of the, out of the military, I was, uh, I, I kind of knew what I wanted to do, but I was still a very lost soul. Um, I, I didn't, I, at the, at that point, just getting out, the first six months, uh, I was a mess. I didn't have what I like to call that, you know, my purpose, motivation and direction. Um, and I needed to find that. Um, so, you know, I, I did, I reached out, um, you know, to my local, uh, uh Cohen clinic, uh, military, uh, family treatment clinic here in Clarksville. And, uh, and I needed to talk to somebody and I was like, you know, wait, I was like, I, I have, I have them as a support too. And I started looking more at my farm and going, it's right here in front of me. Everything that I, that I want for myself is right here on my little five acres. And I just got to, you know, get my you know head out of my, you know what, and get out there and, and, you know, put my veteran head forward and, and go for it. And, uh, and that's what I did. And, 
and I, and I can't, you know, I can't thank it enough. I can't thank, you know, enough for agriculture, what it's brought into my life, you know, and horticulture also. Um, I had no idea, um, you know, that I would go from, you know, flying helicopters and aviation, you know, to um, special operations and selling bouquets. Um, that wasn't really the path I saw myself going. Um, I mean, no, get me wrong, I, I still find... I still find motivation and solace in, in aviation also. That's what my, you know, my main degree is. And, I, and I'm also an adjunct professor for Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. I, I still teach aviation legislation and other subjects to undergrad students. And all of that combined with agriculture and everything gave me a real purpose and my motivation and my direction to want to just get, you know, bigger, larger, you know, and to make my operation as successful as it can be. You know, I, I, I call myself, the, you know, a veterpreneur, you know, I've, I, I saw that, you know, I found that agriculture and putting my hands into the ground and, and grounding myself back to the earth, you know, that I've been away for so long, you know, wearing combat, combat boots for 28 and a half years and not really putting my, my hands and feet back into the soil, uh, and once I did, it really just changed me. It, it really just awakened me. It was, you know, as I look at it now, and as I look at my plants the same way that, you know, the, the earth is just a big giant electromagnetic field. It's just one big giant light socket. And, you know, and once you put your hands into it, put your feet into it. And once you put that plug in the ground with that little flower and you can watch it just explode after, you know, a few months, then I just saw how healing that could be, you know, oh, and, and okay. I wanted to look at, you know, as my path is going now with horticulture therapy, um, you know, I'm in my last course right now for my horticulture therapist certification uh, course through University of Tennessee, Knoxville. And uh, I'm, I, I'm blown away at how, how interesting and how fascinating it is. And I never thought that I would just be so connected to it and find so much interest in it, you know, on top of, I'm going back to, um, I'm in school right now through a, through a scholarship through the VA to finish my agricultural edu education uh, degree, uh, you know, because that's a, a goal that I want to do. I want to be able to share you know, all my knowledge and everything I've learned in my, in my journey with other veterans, you know, especially transitioning veterans, you know, to let them know that, Hey, you know, agriculture is, is a possible path, but you know, it's not for everybody. I, I, I totally understand that, but you know, even doing a little garden in your backyard, you know, to me, that's still farming. That's still agriculture. You're still providing for yourself, you know? And, and I think veterans, uh, just have this uh, just great connection to agriculture. I believe we're a perfect fit to be farmers. Um, we have our personal motivation, you know, and, and I look at the dem different demographics within, you know, say a career uh, in the military, you know, your four-year first-termers, you know, maybe, you know, wouldn't always fit right into going out and having their big, you know, operation by themselves. Not all of them do, but some of them could go and work in ag business um, and get degrees, you know, and work in agricultural, um, you know, business aspects. And then I look at, you know, myself being the 20 year plus um, person that really doesn't want to work for corporate America. You know, we really don't want to sit in a cubicle. I mean, some of them might, some not, you know, but we kind of just want to be our own person. We ought, we want to have our own, maybe our own homestead. 
Um, and, and then when you start doing that, you'll start seeing the healing qualities of it and the grounding and the mindfulness and where it all just comes together. And so peaceful, I, I find, you know, if I drive down interstate 24 from Nashville to Clarksville, I literally, I have to go sit in my flowers. <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those roads, you know, and I find absolute peace. Mm-hmm. Um, once I go out and I sit uh, in between them and, and I talk to them, I can smell them, you know, I can, I can feel them. I watch everything around them and I've just, and I watch my bees, you know, coming around getting mad at me because I'm sitting on the top of the white clover, which is fine by me. Oh, well, um, you know, there's plenty of it, but, uh, but just all of that surrounding me, I, I never, I never really thought how healing that could be, um, you know, cause I, I, you know, I, I deal with my own demons. Uh, you know, I'm not free of, of, of certain things, you know, and, 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 but this is how I deal with it. And, uh, through great therapy and, uh, and some great medication and, uh, some awesome, awesome horticulture therapy that I do really for myself, uh, and also providing back for, you know, my own, my own veterans, you know, and, and active duty also. Um, I just can't think of anything better, honestly. I know I'm kind of, <laughs> so you did mention um, that being on the ground and getting your hands into the soil takes you out of your veteran head. Can you and then elaborate if you can elaborate a little bit about how well, how does the horticultural therapy works for doing that? Well, well it, horticulture therapy is, is therapy about working with plants. Um, and, and, you know, I know when I, when I did uh, the other talk, uh, with agribility about farm stress, you know, I talked about biophilia, um, and that's a, a phrase that was coined by E.O. Wilson, um, that, you know, humans have this innate, you know, connection with nature, you know, and he believed that, um, you know, and also Eric Fromm, who actually started, who coined the phrase biophilia first, both of them had the same idea that, you know, our connection to nature, if we became more connected with it, then we would be less destructive, you know, towards it. And it would become more, would become more part of it. And I see that more and more as, you know, I go out with, you know, my plants, um, you know, I have to weed them every, I mean, they're, it's a living organism, you know, the, and, and weeds are always there <laughs> trying to take over the beautiful little flower field that I have behind my head here. Um, and they're relentless, but you know what? That's okay because that's healing. And that's, that's part of the whole process. Me going out there and weeding for two and a half hours might, you know, sound like God, but I mean, I get the best thinking of my you know existence when I'm out there just weeding and I'm calm and I'm not thinking about things that may have happened in my life in the past. I'm thinking about the present, you know, I'm thinking I'm meditating while I'm actually doing horticulture uh, at, at, at the moment. And, uh, and I love that whole combination, you know, and I just think it makes me stronger. It doesn't make me, you know, weaker or any part. It actually seems to make my mind stronger and be able to have, you know, more resilience, you know, and, and that's, you know, I want to be, you know, the, the, the best veteran I can be. Uh, and I want to be, you know, the best civilian I can be, you know, and, and I think I make a better veteran right now. Um, you know, but that's, that's, that's the way I like it. And, uh, and I want to share all this with, with other veterans to show them, you know, that, Hey, you can do this too. Um, I'm not doing anything special. This is, you know, agriculture has been around for eons. Um, I just found a way that works for me and, and no two agricultural operations are alike. Um, and everybody gets their own healing and their own satisfaction from their own work that they do. 
Um, and, you know, always I, I put out too that, you know, if you want your operation to be successful, you know, you can have the million dollar dreams, but don't have a minimum wage work ethic because you're not going to get there. Um, and, you know, and use your farm, uh, your operation as, as a healing for you, you know, and I found that and, uh, and I can't say more about it. I, I always like to share it. Uh, when people come out here, I, I, you know, make them take shoes off, you know, and said, feel the ground, you know, just feel the grass. Um, you know, 85% of our population lives in the concrete jungle. Um, and, you know, you're walking on sidewalks all the time, you know, you're, you're walking on streets, pavement, concrete, inside carpeted, wood, whatever, you know, take your shoes off for a little bit, go outside, just, for, you know, give yourself 20 to 30 minutes, kind of ground yourself back in, you know, into the earth, you know, and feel it, you know, and, and, you know, it, it might may not be your thing, but I bet you'll come back to it, you know, because you're, you're going to find something that's satisfactory to that. You're going to hear silence. You're going to hear birds. You're going to hear all the sounds of nature and the wind and the leaves. And you're going to feel that grass in between your toes. And, and it's life changing. At least it changed my life for sure. So what would be some of the challenges to get the veterans to even try agriculture? Uh, or quit agriculture if once they try it. What 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 you have noticed that some of the barriers or challenges? Um, you know, I I I don't really. I mean, every challenge that I face, I mean, I face it just like I did any mission. I mean, anything. If I have a drought like I'm in right now um, in this area, I mean, I just look at it. I, I formulate a, an operations order in my head using five steps of the op order, uh, at least in the army. And, uh, and I go through and I said, okay, this is how I'm gonna get through this. Um, I'm not going to let it get me down because I can't, because I have people who are depending on me that are customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just like when I was in the military, my, my customers depended on me to make sure that I completed that mission, that I didn't leave them behind, that I inserted them where they needed to be. Um, you know, so my customers depend on me to have that real pretty bouquet on Saturday from eight to 12 in the morning. Uh, so that's, that's my mission. Um, that's my objective, you know, that's my target. And, uh, and I will work my hardest um, through the entire week, no matter what. If I if I have you know uh, the drought like I have now, well, then I'm just going to have to water more. I'm just going to have to pay attention more. I'm going to have to be out there more. I'm going to have to you know just work harder. Um, and and you know, to failures are you know I, I haven't really. I haven't had a failure that's completely stopped me. I've learned from every failure that I've had. You know, I talked about, you know, the uh, talk, dog over here. I talked about my, you know, uh, tomato journey. You know, I mean, I've tried other things too that didn't work. I, I mean, uh, one thing I tried with, with chickens. I mean, honestly, God, chickens are the catalyst for everything agriculture that's out there. Once a veteran gets like a hen, two or three hens, it's over with. (laughs) I'm serious. They're going to want to have more hens. They're going to want to have turkeys, guineas. uh, Then it's going to move to goats, you know, and then progress on. It's just a great process. It's wonderful to watch uh, it actually happen. And and I've known some veterans that have, you know, hit some struggles. I mean, we're all having struggles right now with the, you know, price of diesel, the price of fertilizer, uh, the price of land, just to even have land to go and start, you know, a farm right now. It's hard. I know it is difficult, you know, so I I understand the the stressors that they're facing, you know, but, but, you know, diversify if, if what you're doing is, is causing you stress. I mean, the cattle I was doing was causing me stress. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, lie about it. I mean, 
going to get in a call, you know, from a sheriff that, you know, have a cow in the middle of the road at three o'clock in the morning, that guy kind of old, you know, and especially a bull, a longhorn bull, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a iffy thing right there. So, um, you know, that was a stressor, you know, always having to worry about fencing and stuff. And, and, and my, like I said, my path, I think was, you know, bringing me towards the floriculture world, you know, with flowers. And uh, so I had to make that choice. Um, and, and it was the best choice I made. And what I did is I diversified. Um, and I didn't let the, the that stress stop me from agriculture. You know, I was like, I could have quit after the cattle and just said, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. I was tired of cutting hay, all that stuff. I'm done with it. But then I was like, no, because I'm not going to be happy. I'm like, what else am I going to do? You know, I'm not going to go and and work in corporate America. That's just not where I'm going to go. So I looked to something else and I diversified and, uh, and it was the best decision I made. <laughs> so, so I, Charlie, so I'm hearing that you you make choice and between stressors and choice, there's a space in between. How do you navigate between the stressor? Because some people, the choice can be an unhealthy choice, but you seem to right. be moving in the direction of a healthy sort of choice. So I'm interested in that space between the stressor and the, 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 the good choices or the good problem solving skills that you have. How, what is uh, there? Okay. For me, and this is my definition, this is just as only me, you know, uh, 51 year old Charlie Jordan is that education. Um, I, I dove deep into everything that I was getting involved in. So if it was when I, when I got into cattle, I learned everything I could about cattle. I participated in a course called a master beef producer course. That was through the university of Tennessee um, extension service. And then I did an advanced master beef course, which is also by UT um, extension service. And then I did a bunch of online and, um, and I, courses. I went to a lot of cattle conferences and this is all before I had cows um, because I wanted to learn everything I could about it. Um, I looked in toward the financial part, how much is fencing, uh, how much, you know, is every piece of the fencing, how much is that going to cost me? How much is feed? How much is, you know, do I cut my own hay or do I, you know, buy hay and do I buy new equipment? Do I buy old equipment? So all these things were taken in consideration because um, I'm a very uh, analytical person. I'm a very, uh, um, one thing that the army taught me, especially in special operations is to be very uh, nitpicky, be very, you know, minute details in the every little thing that I, that I do. Um, because all those things, if, if you miss something that may come back to haunt you. So I wanted to know everything. So I wrote in a complete business plan of how I was going to run this cattle operation. Um, and I did, and I started out with five cows. Now I learned really quick about something. I didn't plan for this, uh, that I had those five cows inside a barn and I got deployed for about 45 days. I came back and those cows got a little bit bigger. Um, and I didn't really have a plan to get those cows from the barn to the uh, back pasture. So there was the education process that started. There was four other warrant officers that we got out there and we wrangled these things to the back pasture. Um, so I, that was a self critiquing moment. And that was a part that I I need to learn. Mm -hmm. So as I transition going from cattle, moving out of that, moving into the floral industry and floral, uh, floral cultural world, I just dove myself into education. Um, again, I wanted to know how much it was going to cost to buy plugs. I'm also, you know, I'm a one veteran operation. Um, I grow, I, I direct seed some things, but I grow, uh, I usually plant all plugs. So I had to learn how to 
work through greenhouses and and I wanted to give back to my local greenhouses. And so I studied all those aspects and that took me to the master gardener course. Um, and then I started, uh, you know, attending lots of conferences um, and, uh, and I started learning more about it. And once I just, once I found that my, you know, as diving into it was going to be more of a gain that I was looking at getting a little bit of gain now in my agricultural endeavors that I went ahead and made that step. Um, and it was, it started out a little bit, you know, like I had to learn how to build a bouquet. That's kind of, you know, one thing I really didn't uh, know how to do. Uh, so I looked a lot of internet stuff. I learned how to build bouquets and then, uh, then the pandemic came and, uh, the pandemic was the best year I've ever had in an entire 20 something years of agricultural uh, work. Um, people wanted to smile for the pandemic. So they wanted bouquets. Mm. So my flowers were, uh, were, were very much and, and, and people wanted them. <laughs> so, uh, so that, that gave me, you know, uh, that made me happy, you know, to see somebody smile, that's therapy for me. Um, you know, I've seen, uh, in my career, I saw a lot of stuff that wasn't good. You know, I saw the worst and, and, and things, you know, war isn't exactly a pretty thing. Um, and I wanted to make people smile because I saw a lot of hate and a lot of uh, hurt um, during my years in the military. So um, flowers to me just uh, gave me an outlet to make people smile. And that's how that's how I give back. So oh, I think that's so beautiful. But and I hear that you said you're one veteran farming. So this whole production that I see and you're sh sharing is just you. No. Yeah. No. Holy moly. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's me. <laughs> so uh, so I have how do you find the balance? If it's just you, um, you say uh, you're up yes. at three sometime, you know, dealing. so how do you find that balance? Cause time management is a big, it's a big stressor, right? For um, everything you can see behind me is everything's dress, right. Dress in a certain way, because um, that that's just the military and the OCD and me, <laughs> um, but everything is planned out. Um, I have everything planned out usually by the end of July for the following year. So I'm knee deep in planning right now for the next year. So as my flowers are growing and, you know, and I don't have to do much maintenance with them, um, I'm planning for next year. Um, so all of this that you see behind me, everything is measured out. Um, you know, and, and I look at, you know, why my son, where my son is, where my wind direction is, um, uh, and you know, my, where my property is, is on basically East West line. So I get lots of sun, um, and it's awesome. I do a lot of study on, uh, my soil. So the big, uh, black, uh, landscape fabric areas that you see behind me, each, both of those are uh, 100 um, long by 50 foot wide, and they each line holds 288 flowers. Uh, so each uh, bed in that whole area is uh, brought in with a, a couple of uh, dump trucks of compost uh, that come in around October, November. Um, and they, they dump them, I put it out, I let it sit, and uh, my vacation time starts. So uh, I go on vacation, it's for in the winter time, but <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> so I get, I go out and do my thing. And, uh, and, you know, when I come back, uh, and, and my uh, flowers start arriving. So I start planting around January, um, and they go into the hoop house uh that's behind me and uh i start some early flowers that need a, a little bit of time to build a root system mm -hmm. um so i usually have enough flowers to be ready by mother's day um which will all be hoop house flowers the uh 
The outside flowers are all annuals, some perennials, but most of them are annuals. Um, they are uh, planted about mid-April. Uh, with luck, I won't have a late frost, um, but with this landscape fabric, what it does for me is it heats the ground. Um, it heats up the temperature of the soil. Uh, it burns off the weeds. Um, each one of those flowers, the hole is burned by myself. So I uh, burned every single hole on that thing with a branding iron. Um, and uh, usually I can get through one line, uh, 100 foot line, 288 um, uh, uh, planting spots. I can get through that usually in about 25 to 30 minutes. Uh, and one line gets planted right after that. I'll go ahead and plant because I don't want it to sit because weeds will start coming up. So I usually plant, it takes me about 40 minutes to plant one line of flowers. So, wow. so yeah, that's uh, take a dibbler, uh, put the, uh, put the flower in, move to the next one. So oh, yeah. My goodness. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit of work, you know, it's, Hey, but you know what? It's great exercise. Uh, you get lots of vitamin D, yeah. um, you, uh, you know, you get, it, it's, it's a really cool operation. I've actually, I, I've loved it. I, I, uh, I didn't think I really would, but, you know, when I go outside and I see, you know, all the pollinators, I see all the different flowers that are growing now I have so many now. Um, and just to be able to rub my hands through them, you know, it's, it's a pretty awesome feeling, you know, wow. it really well, is. I can definitely feel your passion and your, your hard, dedicated commitment to doing yeah. this and your meaning that you're deriving so much. Are, are there any last, we're, we're at the end of our podcast. So any last words of wisdom to our veteran farmers out there? I would just say, you know, uh, first thing is to, you know, find the operation that's going to give you, you know, your purpose, motivation, direction. Sometimes it's going to give you that drive to keep going day to day um, and then get educated on whatever that you're going to do and get overeducated on it. Know everything about it. Know left and right, up and down, every part of that, you know, so there's, you know, always going to be things that are going to come up, but at least you have a good base knowledge. And then the last thing is, you know, is never give up. Mother Nature does have the last call, but, uh, you know, you can prepare for things. And uh, and I just wish, you know, everybody that may be listening to this, that may be a veteran farmer, even a beginning farmer, even somebody who might be thinking about farming. I just wish them the best success in the world. Oh, well, thank you so much, Charlie, for joining oh, our worries. podcast. We want to thank our guests for their generosity and mana'o. We also want to thank all our ag producers throughout the islands, and especially those we have heard on the podcast for discussing ways they address the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual dimensions of Hawaii ag production. Each story, each voice contributes to a broader understanding of what it takes to survive and thrive as we feed our communities. Wherever you may find yourself within our island agriculture economies, if you would like to share your story in our podcast, please contact us. Thank you for listening to the Seeds of Wellbeing, Voices from the Field podcast featuring their perspectives of ag producers throughout the Hawaii Islands. If you have found it helpful, please follow, like, and share this episode with others. And if you have any ideas about how we can make it better, please let us know in the comments or use the link on our website. Mahalo for tuning in.